Welcome back to 21 Steps, an audiobook podcast by M.A. Box. Chapter 15 The months went by very slowly for Derek, and he seemed to just be trying to make it through every day. He used to be fun, but he didn't feel like he was very much fun anymore. He really missed being that person that made other people laugh. When he was in the military, he spent time with the other soldiers in Iraq. Derek had been the funny, prankster person that everyone loved being around which he knew was so different from his high school days. He had to have had something good going for him in the past to have been able to get Leslie to marry him. He wondered now where his personality had gone to. Derek knew that anyone he knew right now probably thought he was boring and probably a little weird. He didn't do many things with friends, not that he had very many here. He didn't really make jokes anymore and he couldn't remember the last time he had even laughed. He definitely was boring and he didn't think if he had the choice he would be friends with himself either. Times change people, I guess, and for Derek, that meant that he wasn't fun anymore. Just as he was sitting in his own pity, the phone rang in the background. He answered it and was surprised to hear his father on the other end of the line. Hey, son, we are going to come out and see our grandkids. Is that okay? His father asked. Derek was feeling very strong signs of depression, and his initial thought was to tell them not to come. But he couldn't find the heart to tell his dad that he couldn't. Yeah, okay. When are you coming? He asked. Well, we thought we would drive down later today. I hope that will be okay. That sounds fine. Just call me when you get here. Derek knew that he would be home, but he just wanted the mental preparation for their arrival. He didn't have to work this Saturday, and right now the kids were still asleep. It was only 8 in the morning, but Derek went to the kitchen and opened a beer. He took a deep breath after his first drink and just enjoyed the feel of the foam on his lips. The phone rang again, and he hurried across the room, hoping not to wake the kids. Yes, Dad, he answered assuming his father would be the only person to call him at this time of the day. Uh, this is Sergeant Loam. I am looking for Private Sterling. Is he there? A male voice that sounded no older than 18 said on the other end. Uh, yeah, speaking, Derek replied. I hate to have to call you at home, Private Sterling, but I had to call and tell you that you need to start preparing for deployment. Your unit will be returning to Iraq in a couple of weeks. Either myself or another sergeant will call you soon to let you know the specific details, but you need to get things in order. Derek didn't know what to say, so he just said, okay, and hung up the phone. It felt like a large rock lodged itself in his throat, and he struggled to breathe. His hands automatically started sweating as he bent over and tried to hold himself together while keeping his hands on the table. He couldn't believe what he had just heard. Derek had already served his time there once, and he didn't think he could mentally do it again, not to mention that he was going to be getting out of the reserves in less than five months. He had served his time, and he didn't know if he could make it again. What would he do with the kids? Derek's shoulder rose with tension and his breathing became very irregular, angry, and deep. He walked out the back door of his house to the backyard where he tried to pull in pieces of air. If only he could breathe. He walked to the old tree that was now brown for the winter and punched it hard with his right fist. Fuck, he yelled, looking at his hand that was already turning red and beginning to swell. He couldn't go back. He wouldn't. Derek didn't know what his options were, but he knew he had to find a way not to go back. If he did, he would be lost forever. His first thought was maybe he could go to the VA and they would be able to attest to his mental unrest and maybe he wouldn't have to go. But he knew, deep down, that it wouldn't work. The VA had yet to be helpful to him and they probably saw people in his same situation multiple times a day. He just couldn't understand why he would be going back to Iraq to risk his life and those of the others in his unit. Why couldn't we just stop fighting over there? He was so full of anger and rage and he didn't know what to do. He thought maybe in a few hours things would get better and he would be able to put it into perspective. 
But right now, he couldn't even wrap his mind around the idea he would be going back to Iraq. He was a reservist that had paid his dues. Hell, he had been told in the beginning that he wouldn't even get deployed, and now he was going for round two. He sat down on the back porch and looked up at the sky. He knew that his boys would be getting up soon and that he would have to figure out how to stay calm throughout the day, so they wouldn't have to worry too. He focused on breathing and getting small pieces of air past the ball of anger that was lingering in his chest. He couldn't help but think about what he would have to do. He was going to go and fight for people that didn't even want them there. He wished that the government would figure this out, that it wasn't worth the fight. There are more battles here on our own soil that need to be fought. Why send men overseas away from their family to fight an unwanted war? Maybe in the beginning it meant something. Maybe there was a reason and a hope, but not anymore. They weren't moving forward or accomplishing anything. They were just sending home soldiers and boxes to wives and mothers that didn't get to say goodbye. And for what? Derek had to bring himself back to the moment and focus on breathing. He could hear his youngest son moving around upstairs and he knew he needed to go in and get him out of bed. He took a few more deep breaths and went into the house. He picked up the beer and began drinking in big, heavy gulps. Small traces ran from the side of his mouth, but he quickly finished the beer, wiped his face with the back of his hand, put the can in the garbage can, and ran up the stairs to his son. He turned the corner to his son's room to see a small, brown-eyed boy standing up in his crib and trying to climb over, so he could get out. At that moment, Derek felt a small amount of relief because he could see such happiness and innocence in his son's eyes. He knew that he needed to hold it together today for his son. Derek reached in and grabbed underneath his small arms and pulled him up. Tyler immediately wrapped his arms around his father's neck and asked for his whoopee, which Derek picked up out of the crib. He took his son down and sat him on the couch where he turned cartoons on the TV. Grandma and Grandpa are coming to visit today, Derek told his son with no response, although he didn't expect one and probably wasn't listening even if one was given. He was too focused on what was to come. Derek went to wake up Patrick so they could get ready for breakfast and be ready when his parents arrived for the day. Derek hoped that he would be able to make it through. The morning went by like a dream, and even though his parents came to visit, they just felt like visitors to Derek in his dream. It wasn't until later, that night, that the reality of the situation set in. Derek didn't tell his parents what he had found out. He never did feel that there was a right time to break that kind of news. Instead, he held it in the tension of his shoulders and thought maybe he would tell them tomorrow. That night, his stepmother put the two boys to bed and checked before going to the guest room to make sure that Derek was okay. You okay, she said. You look sad. Sensing his reluctance to answer, she quickly moved on. But the kids look really healthy. You're doing a good job. Derek's only reply was that he was doing fine and he hoped that they would both sleep well. In the silence of the house, all emotions came back to Derek like a wave. He was emotionally exhausted from trying to hide from his parents that in the couple of weeks they may have to take his sons full time. He didn't even know how he would ask them if he needed them. He lay down on the couch too exhausted to clean up and go to bed. He turned on the television and fell asleep. His mind drifted to what was about to come. Derek was on a mission to secure a target. They had been briefed that his convoy was about to drive to a very specific outlying location where two homes were located and had been documented to contain one of the most wanted terrorist leaders. Derek could feel the sweat dripping from his helmet as they passed over dusty dirt roads. He had become accustomed to the taste and feel of dirt in his mouth, so he no longer spit or struggled for air. The sun was just going down over the horizon, and they would be arriving at the target location just after dark. The sound of the truck was so loud, any other sound was almost impossible to hear, so the conversations were kept to a minimum. Derek just kept watching the sun on the horizon as it crept down below the sand. 
They had arrived just outside of the compound that they were to infiltrate, secure, and if possible bring back any survivors. They parked along a tall cement wall where the trucks would not be seen from the inside of the compound. The lead truck, which Derek was a part of, had successfully led the rest of the convoy past any road dangers, such as IEDs, and now they just needed to lead them into the compound and out safely. This compound was not very well guarded, and their arrival did not appear to be expected. There were two structures on the grounds, the main house and the guest house. The main house was an old white stucco building with arched doorways. There were tall, beautiful trees on the grounds, and the gardens were full of multicolored flowers. Through the brightness of the moon, the guest house was also visible and appeared the same as the main house. Both structures showed signs of age and wear with some chipping and staining from the nearby sand. They were to infiltrate the main house first before moving to the guest house. Derek ducked through a broken part of the fence with other members of his unit and moved toward the house. His gun was ready and heavy on his shoulder. Derek was prepared for combat. He could feel the sweat from his palms dripping onto the gun as he moved toward the target. Quietly, each shoulder found cover and ducked, surrounding the main entrance. Without announcing themselves, two men broke down the front door using a large metal battering ram, similar to what a police department would. This usually took two bangs against the door, but the door was weak and cracked after just one time. With loud, shuffling boots, they entered the main building. Each private knew their role as they had previously been designated, and clear calls were coming from different rooms of the house. As Derek moved through the house, everything suddenly went dark. The power had been turned out to the entire home, and Derek's eyes needed to adjust. Through brown dots continuing to focus, he was able to see figures, and then he saw a weapon out of the corner of his eye in a room adjacent to where he was standing. He quickly turned and fired. He ducked to the ground as bullets flew over his head from other approaching enemies who now seemed to be filling the rooms surrounding him. He fired into the room, watching as multiple figures fell to the floor. Backup arrived, and it wasn't long before they had secured the entire facility. As soon as the house was filled with silence and no other gunfire was found, they continued to secure the other rooms. As soon as the entire house was swept and secure, they moved toward the guest house. They went out the back door and crossed the backyard. The lights appeared to be out in the guest house as well, so Derek focused on noises and tried to prepare for what was about to come. They entered the front door just as they had done for the main residence and were quickly welcomed with gunfire. Derek fired back, along with other members of his unit, and they continued until any threat had been removed. They again swept the house to ensure that there were no other threats. Derek was in the back room in the middle of a sweep when the lights returned thanks to someone turning back on the main power supply. He finished the sweep and returned to the main area where the gunfight had taken place. He couldn't believe what he was seeing and pain filled his entire soul. There were women and children covering the floor. There were over a dozen that he could see right away. Only two men appeared to be on the floor of the room and had been taken out after all of the shields had already been dropped. Derek turned and ran to the back of the house where he threw up in a corner. He couldn't believe that he had taken part in the killing of those women and children just because two cowards had used them as human shields. Derek ran back into the room and right out the front door. He ran into the main house to the room where he had also been involved in a gunfight. Another soldier tried to hold him back, saying, Nobody else needs to see this. But Derek broke through it to find that they had killed even more innocent women and children. Derek couldn't believe it. He ran into the room and moved the body of a woman and child off of a man that lay in the back corner. He picked him up by the collar of his blood-covered shirt and began yelling. He wanted so bad to kill him, but he was already dead. He pulled back his right arm to punch the man, just for some kind of vindication. He just wanted to punish him the way that he would now be punished for the rest of his life. Derek knew that these images would haunt him in his dreams. 
Just as he started to move his hand forward, he abruptly woke up and found that he was not in the compound, but in the security of his own home, standing over his son Patrick. His arm was in the air and ready to move forward into the innocent face of a sleeping son. Dark fell to his knees next to his son's bed and began to cry. He reached his arms up to the sky and silently asked, Why me? He pulled himself to his feet and left his son's bedroom, quietly closing the door behind him and returning to the television noise in the living room. He sat down onto the couch and stared at the wall, full of fear for what he could have done to his son. He really needed help, and he didn't know how he was going to get it. He had asked for help from the government through the VA, and all he had gotten was another call to duty. He dropped his head into his hands in defeat. He was at the end of his rope. He wished that he had Leslie here to talk to. He felt all alone. Derek had often felt alone in his life, but this was different than it ever had been in the past. He was alone and full of guilt. Guilt for the things he had done to his wife and family. He felt guilt for the fact that he would be leaving his children again. Guilt that he couldn't just overcome what he had seen while at war. He wondered if he could ever recover, and that feeling overwhelmed him. He looked up at the television to see a documentary on gangs in prison and thought to himself that that is the kind of war we should be fighting. We should be fighting the gang war here at home on our own soil. Those gang members were killing each other and innocent citizens here, and the only thing we were doing to prevent it was to give them a life behind bars where they would be fully fed, sheltered, and cared for. Things just didn't make sense to Derek, and he didn't know if they ever would. Derek thought about his childhood and wondered why the government wasn't focusing more efforts on the growth and well-being of the nation's children. Derek had been neglected, beaten, and starved, which would stay with him and affect him forever. Why didn't the government spend more money and resources working on preventing and interfering in cases like that, rather than sending people like him overseas to fight a holy war that had been going on for decades? Derek hated that he would be fighting in this war again when he had already done it once. Maybe he needed to find a new passion for the purpose of the war, a deeper connection, but he had been there, he had seen what it was really about, and he didn't feel that he needed to see it again. The sounds of the gang leaders talking about fighting for a cause continued in the background. They talked about how they were a family. It was a means of survival. Then he thought deeper, remembering the documentary he had seen a few months ago about the benefits of being in prison. A thought ran through his mind. Maybe in prison he could get the medication and counseling that he needed to get better. At least then he wouldn't have to go back to Iraq. He thought a long time about this option, mostly thinking that it was a bad idea. But as he turned and saw the door of his son's room, he knew he couldn't go on living like this. He would constantly be in fear of hurting his children, and he knew that it would only get worse if he went overseas again. He sat for over an hour, contemplating the decision he was about to make. He put on his shoes and walked up the steps. He opened Tyler's door and saw him lying quietly in bed. Derek blew him a kiss and smiled. He then went to Patrick's room, where he also looked in on his son and said, You may not understand now, but I have to do this for you. Sometimes dads have to do what is right, even though it doesn't seem that way at the time. Derek then went to the table where he wrote his parents a note explaining that he really needed them to take care of his kids and that he loved them. He explained that for his kids he had to turn himself in. Derek then left the house to go to the police station to confess to killing his wife, Leslie. Tune in next time as we continue 21 Steps.